Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, everybody. You know, tomorrow we're going to do something pretty special, which we only started doing the last few years. We are going to have a hack in the year of the year for the dumpster. Mm. Hack of the year. Especially reserved for somebody that has spent the entire year being useless or corrupt or yeah. <laughs> incompetent or... All of those things. (laughs) So you will find out who that is tomorrow during this very hour. Uh, Exciting news. Um, New survey finds that Los Angeles has overtaken New York City as the city with the largest homeless population. How about that? A story that came out over the weekend was from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. It was a look at the nation's homelessness. Their number is 582,000 people nationwide counted as homeless. Now, when you consider that L.A. itself has 42,000 in the last uh, count, but... Yeah, we're disproportionately represented. Now, this story says we're at 65,000. The county is is supposedly around 70. I know. So are they really talking about L.A. County rather than L.A. City? Hmm. It's confusing in the way people don't do their homework. Uh, New York City's homelessness supposedly declined to less than 62,000 from nearly 78,000 in the year 2020. Oh, it came here. Overall, there was a little change in the number of homeless during the pandemic, the beginning of the pandemic to the end. See, most of uh, New York's homeless, though, are in shelters because that's the law. New York has uh, a requirement to shelter the homeless. It, it's not housing, actually. It's not. It's a lot independent. of shelters. You know, it's a yeah. lot of shelters, but they're allowed to take everybody off the street and and put them inside. Yeah. Uh, here we don't have that. I don't even know. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. That is basically the rule in New York City. But I mean, they, it's not like they get every person because obviously a lot of people resist. And uh, nobody wants to get into the big fight over that. And when you consider the weather in New York, some homeless, you know, they'll freeze to death on the streets. So they do take the shelter, particularly I'm looking right now, it's 35 degrees in New York. Uh, It's always been said that people like California and Southern California in particular, because you can stay outside year round. Sure, you can live outdoors uh, all 12 months. Yes. Yes. Isn't that great? So basically the U.S. homeless numbers... Stayed the same as before the pandemic, but Los Angeles has, according to this report, overtaken New York City for the uh, most homeless people. And they have twice the population. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Karen Bass, tomorrow will be an exciting media day because tomorrow, I mean, last week on this day, she declared a state of emergency. Later in the week, mm. she signed an executive order. Okay, so we have a we have a uh, an oral declaration. We have a written order. An okay. executive order to speed up and cut the red tape to get things built. 
supposedly there, by the way, it only applies to affordable housing projects. I don't know how that's defined, but that's the, the ruling with her executive order. Well, that, that it isn't going to speed up the review process for all real estate developments, just those that are affordable housing developments. And how many, I wonder how many uh, units that affects. I don't know. Because is that a small number of units? Like, it sounds like a, a, a great big headline that she's taken action. And But what, what, what's, the, what's the, the actual result of this? And who Let's gets see. to go in the units? Are these, uh, are these people who are just poor? It's not going to be the people who are frightening us. I don't know. Here's a story. Uh, another key element waives discretionary reviews on projects that do not require zoning changes. Currently, those reviews, which can include public hearings, environmental reports are required on all projects of 50 units or more. To avoid those reviews, developers have often planned projects of 49 units when zoning could have allowed them more. So this is kind of the kind of thing she's trying right. to do, cut right. some of the restrictions. Okay, I mean that that's that's great, but it just seems it's it, it's marginal and it affects people. I would imagine who are in some kind of shelter, uh, but but this is more permanent housing that they can live in. Yeah, whatever and this I, is, it isn't like tomorrow I, they're going to finish all these buildings and we're going to put all the homeless in them. That's not going to happen. We, we drove through Hollywood last night. <laughs> I mean, when when are those people going to be removed? I don't think the, those people I saw in the streets of Hollywood last night are being moved into this kind of housing. I think it's going to be, you know, the single mother with a couple of kids who might be living in a car or might be living in some kind of temporary shelter or halfway house kind of situation. Yeah. You know, they're they're relatively benign. They're not what we're afraid of. How about the ones we're afraid of? Hmm. That's that's that those are the people we want immediate action on. That is the only group that uh, Karen Garcetti is not addressing in her various interviews and declarations and executive orders. What about the people who frighten us? You're you're trying out Karen Garcetti. I like, I like Karen. Yeah, I, th I like it. Yeah, because I think that ties it in more to the right. incompetent boob that's leading right. us. Or it did because I, I think, I think I mean, I know the, the, the you know, the LA Times is going to slobber over her, but they, they don't really matter anymore. Uh, the, the, what does what, what the, the public think? The public wants the crazy people, the scary people off the streets. And I don't think most people care where they go. They just want them off the streets because it's frightening to uh, take a walk and go shopping or go to the grocery store, or go to a restaurant. That's frightening now. So fix that. Yeah, as big as a city that L.A. is with millions of population, 40,000 doesn't sound like a lot of homeless, but you're right. When you have the chronic crazies who are disrupting everything and camping out in public places, they take up a lot of the fear. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, and the big clusters. The, yeah. the clusters in front of the schools, for example. Yeah. So if there is a plan, here it is. Tomorrow, she's going to kick off Inside Safe. First thing she did was sign this executive order to speed up the building process. But obviously, all of those buildings are not going to be up overnight. So tomorrow, what she's going to do is move homeless people from tent encampments into hotels and motels. Have we seen this before? We did. We saw this during the pandemic. Gavin Newsom had Operation, what was it, Room Key, Home Key, something like that, <laughs> which was the same idea. 
And L.A. County tried this once everyone said, well, so you can't put them into shelters with the pandemic. They'll give each other COVID. Are they need these, their own hotel rooms. Are these the same hotels and motels that were used <laughs> I, during the lockdown? Okay, remember, these... she told the Times she will not commandeer any hotels. Right. So it's yeah. a whole they, they must be paying enough money so the motel operators are going to go along with it. Yeah. So I don't see how it's any different than what they were doing. Well, maybe it's not. Are they just extending the old program? I, I'm thinking yes, but maybe what she's claiming is with a renewed effort to get out there and keep trying to get, talk people into going to these hotels. And who is staying in these hotels before this uh, homeless What's that idea? hotel we talked about last week in downtown L.A., the Cecil Hotel? And yeah, it's like right. Mostly empty? Isn't that where she should send them first because it's mostly empty? Well, yeah, she, they got 400 empty rooms in there, and the guy's begging. The guy's begging to take in homeless people. The guy? Oh, is it the manager? Or the, the, man, owner? the owner. The owner of it. Yeah. Wow, he actually seems like a bad idea. He, <laughs> <laughs> Would you want 400 homeless people in your hotel? He does. <laughs> Even if only 10% of them act up, that's a lot of trouble. And he's frustrated by the city because the the, the machinery's not working. He, he can't get the homeless people. Or, you know, he want, what he wants is, is them to have these vouchers to pay for the rooms. Yes, he's, those he's, Section 8 vouchers or whatever yeah. Right. Those housing vouchers. Right. And that's the way it's going to work. I guess the outreach people are going to go out there once again to the tent encampment. She says they're focusing on the big tent encampments. And they're going to go out there and try to wear these people down into coming in to a hotel room. Okay. But these people have been repeatedly approached. approached for, of course they have. For many years That's now. why we, you and I think this is silly. This has been done. So is it, is it the same conversation every time? And what do you do with the guy on meth? Yeah, she's and claiming that if you keep, this is what Newsom said a few years ago, if you keep hacking away, they yeah. eventually give in. If I don't know. Really? That works on meth addicts? They, <laughs> if they I understand just, what you're asking. I want to see how that works. Guy in the middle of like some, uh, you know, meth mental breakdown. Uh, I, you see the video, like they're spinning around, they're half naked, they're sweating, they're snarling, howling like a, like a wild animal. Talk to him about taking a room. All right. When we come back, we'll play some of this audio. Uh, she's really gone national. I mean, she had quite the inaugural event. Stevie Wonder was there. Kamala Harris was there. Right. Newsom was there. Now she goes on NBC's Meet the Press. She's already been on CNN. Yeah. I mean, she's not keeping this local. She wants to make and, her and, impact national. And she's like Garcetti. She talks a lot and talks in circles. And by the end of the question... You, by the end of the answer, you forget forget what the question is, and uh, nobody follows up. Well, she also states the obvious. Oh, mm -hmm. We're going to get people off the streets and into yeah. hotel rooms, and we'll take care of them. We're going to get them some housing to them. We can treat their mental illness or their addictions no or whatever they be, have. No one's going to be coerced, though. We'll play that clip because that's key to this. No one will be coerced. There won't be any sweeps. Meaning that if the homeless leave on their own voluntary accord, yeah, then maybe we'll we'll broom, we'll take the broom out after they leave. But <laughs> the broom and the washer. Uh, all right, more coming up. Johnny Ken KFI AM six forty live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa. Oh, come on! Happy holidays, everybody. Let's go. Uh, 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 you know, um, uh, uh, I want fantastic. Uh, 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 uh
but I want it, you know, but I'll tell you, can you feel it? You know, you know, I like that. Yeah, that's our Christmas tune. That's what we got. Uh, Christmas classic. I mean, Coast may be going wall to wall with holiday music, but man, we got that. Anyway, we get Coast to play that once, just one Tony time. Tony Villar, Jingle Bells. Um, Anybody we can we can slip some money to, and they put that <laughs> to put that put that in the, the system. Yeah, to put that in the, how funny, in the rotation. How funny would that be, huh? <laughs> Who knows? They might get calls. I want to hear that again. Who was that? Yeah, why don't you start calling Coast and requesting uh, Tony Villar? Oh. <laughs> I think we'll just play that the whole show tomorrow and just enjoy it. Well, we might as well have Tony Villar weigh in. We're talking about the Los Angeles mayor, Karen Call Pass. up Karen Sharp on love songs. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> Karen Garcetti, we're calling her. Uh, Come on, let's go. Yes. Which Karen. is perfect because the first clip we're going to play from Meet the Press, where she appeared yesterday with that dope Chuck Todd, was how is her plan any different than what yoga pants Garcetti has been trying to do. So let's start with clip one. What's going to make what you're doing more successful than what Mayor Garcetti attempted to do? Well, I, I think a few things. First of all, it's not just about the money. Of course, money is needed, but it's really about the arcane bureaucratic process. You talk to developers and it's just so difficult to get anything done. So when I declared a state of emergency and issued following uh, executive directives, it basically allows the process to be centralized. It allows time certain for building. Chuck, the mm -hmm. other day I did a press conference on a piece of land where the builder had been working for six years and it just finally mm -hmm. broke ground so it's about bursting past the uh, the bureaucratic maze and developers having no idea when approvals will be done so now I'm requiring that approval approvals and the process be moved within 30 to 60 days I gotta say one thing though but she's clearer to me than Garcetti or Newsom when Garcetti and Newsom speak Garcetti, Newsom uses all the jargon, all that right. nonsense, uh, on point in this space, uh, meet the moment. And Garcetti just tries to wax poetic. Yeah. She does get to the point with kind of a very nice, happy delivery. But All right. So. All right. So that's it. That's, what, that's what? the reason we're in this mess, because we can't get buildings built fast enough. Really? I just don't believe that. No. I mean, this could be of some value, no. but I don't believe this is the point. No, no. She's a housing first person. She That's is, the yes. problem. Housing first is the failed strategy that they have been trying for uh, a decade. It, it's, it's a failure. And it's a failure everywhere in the country. Nowhere has it worked. It's an ideology. It's not a, it's not a strategy. It's not a plan. It's an ideology. It's a bumper sticker. It's, it's, it's what activists, lame-brained activists shout. Because right. it's easy. It's two words. It's easy to understand. It's not practical. And it, and it doesn't solve the problem because many of the homeless people have zero interest in housing. And, Let me put and, it to you but, this way. What do they say about people who have alcohol and, and drug problems? They have to hit rock bottom. <laughs> Don't you think what we see on the streets is rock bottom? Well, yeah, they've hit rock, rock bottom and they're not doing well, anything I, about that's it. Why so that's why they have to be coerced. I always thought that cliche was a load of crap. Because there are plenty of people who hit rock bottom. And they just stay at the bottom. There are. But there are some people who one day realize, wow. Because, because they always say, you can't talk somebody into getting help. They have to realize it for themselves. 
And I think that does happen with a lot of people, but, but this crowd we're seeing on the streets, they're beyond that. Well, that's it's a whole be, different thing. Right, because this is real brain damage in the streets. If you don't have brain damage, yes, you'll get tired of waking up in your own vomit. But if you have brain damage, going back to what we were discussing uh, last week, is that you lose the instinct for self-preservation. Right. So now rock bottom doesn't mean anything. It's a meaningless concept because no, you're, you're, you're no longer trying to live. You're no longer trying to survive. You are just uh, pleasing the base instinct of wanting the high. Or, or wanting the fentanyl coma. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, clip number two here and talking about any ideas of enforcement. What do you do about people that don't want to leave, that don't want to move, that don't want to go into shelters? Well, you know, what we have found in the community organizations that we're bringing in to yeah, do this to work this. is that you can get 95% of the people housed. No. People will go. It if takes a while. True. You have to do yeah. outreach. And what the community programs do is outreach. that they work with people who were formerly unhoused. <laughs> formerly people unhoused. People are unhoused for a variety of different reasons. Some are Wait, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. It's all the same jargon. People if you are, can get 95% of them removed, we would have had them removed by now. This has been going on for many years. Even Garcetti could have pulled that off. If all you <laughs> had to time, do was how ask. How many times does the LA Times do a story where someone says, I've been on the streets for eight years, nine years, ten years? Right. They were never asked? <laughs> I guess not. We got 11 million uh, outreach workers out there, and that guy it was, it was never asked. Never reached. Right. I, she's, she's full of the terms. Uh, the the, the unhoused. Is. Yes. I, what well, I sense is optimism, but um, <laughs> like this is going to be different because I, I'm in charge. What is the difference between unhoused and homeless? Like what is there is no the, the, there, there's there's no significance. It's the same the, thing. Whenever a stigma gets attached to a word, it has to be changed. Right. There's no stigma to unhoused homelessness. Now, when you're called homeless, there's something demonizing about that. So they switched right. over to unhoused. Unhoused is not demonizing. Not yet. <laughs> But keep, keep doing we, it. We have to demonize that word. You might be the one that could demonize words that, more than anybody. That one makes me laugh, though. For some reason, when I hear unhoused, I, I, especially when, when, when news people use it. Because you know none of these news people ever used that word in their whole career or use it in their real life. But for some reason, the woke council decided unhoused is the word. And then all the, the news heads go, yeah, yeah, that, that's what it is. It's unhoused now. That's, that's, that's in the style book, okay? Everybody's got to say unhoused. All right, let's move to cut five because we get the idea of a timeline to all this about getting the homeless off the streets. Give me a metric which you should be judged in four years on the homeless situation. Uh, is it number of people on the streets, number of tent encampments? What's, what's a fair way to judge your success or failure? Well, uh, a fair way to judge it would be encampments should be significantly down, mm. if not eliminated. And there should be housing being built underway at a much more rapid pace. And there should not be 40,000 people who are unhoused. That's for sure. Well, we know that. Right, so <laughs> basically, he set up the question by saying four years from now. Right. What should we be looking for when she's running for re-election? Right. And significant so reduction. What, what is okay? significant? What, what's the number on that? She has told the El Segundo Times or somebody that 17,000 she thinks she can get off the streets in the first year. But we want to point this out again. And controller Ron Galperin said this first. They're going to put out a number that's 17,000, but that could be people that have spun in and out of homelessness. That's right. It has to be 17. Just like people who cross the border several times. They come back again. 
It has to be 17,000 people permanently off the streets, not an accumulation of the same people. But if that happens, we're going to get the other one. The other one is, I'm sorry, they're falling into homelessness faster than we can keep up. We have 17,000 people in permanent housing, but 20,000 replace them. Because the Greyhound station is still open and the buses keep coming in from the other 49 states, or I should say probably 47 states. Yeah, nobody talks about that. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. Who was it? That the Venice where they took that little uh, census yes. and they found out that it was largely yeah. out-of-state people? It was people. largely out-of-state people. And again, all the stuff that really matters, nobody talks about. What are you going to do with the meth addicts, the fentanyl addicts? What are you going to do with the schizophrenics, the bipolar cases? What are you going to do with the people tumbling off the bus who other, other police departments, other sheriffs, other cities put them on buses and sent them to L.A. because they think it's funny? What do you think goes on in the South and Midwest in these towns, right? You got the local uh, crazy guy who the parents threw about because he had uh, stolen all his mother's jewelry for meth. And uh, the, the the cops put him on a bus. And it's like, we took care of him. We sent him to L.A. They'll love him there. Tell me that doesn't go on every day all over. All right. We got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. This week at Safeway, enjoy big savings with the BOGO sale, where select items throughout the store are buy one, get one free. With this week's BOGO sale, get select meats like Signature Farms 90% lean ground beef or boneless, skinless chicken breasts or thighs, buy one, get one free. Plus, select fresh produce items like one-pound containers of sweet strawberries or containers of blueberries or buy one, get one free. Safeway, come in and explore and see what other deals you can find. Hey, Mike. Glad you could join me for some great seafood. Me too. Wait, why are you dressed in fishing gear? You said we were going out to catch great seafood, right? Yes, to Popeye's. Do you even know how to fish? No, I thought you did. Oh, yeah. I could catch pretty good seafood at Popeye's. Let's go. Let Popeye's do the fishing while you enjoy our delicious signature seafood. Get Popeye's flounder fish sandwich or shrimp tackle box before they're gone. Limited time at participating U.S. restaurants. In a moment... Another gaffe by Joe Biden. I don't know. This time, he kind of felt like he might have been drinking. Something was really <clears throat> strange about the way he rambled. <laughs> he really does repeat himself. He tells like the same damn old stories. That I know. Some of them were not true to begin with. I guess he made up a story about his uncle getting a Purple Heart. Did you hear that one? No. No, I hadn't heard that one. No, that was in the news last week. And uh, the New York Post tracks these down, researched it, and said his... His uncle's passed away. He never got the Purple Heart for he just says being stuff. in the Battle of the Bulge, is what uh, Biden said. Uh, yeah, it's, all yeah, it's, it's all gone haywire upstairs. Uh, in honor of the World Cup, which just finished yesterday with Argentina the winner, I thought to kind of tie it into what we've been talking about this hour, I, don't, I was not aware of this. This is a bit of a surprise to me. Sacramento, California will host the Homeless World Cup next year. This is not a parody. This is actually a true thing. What is that? The homeless and formerly formerly homeless play soccer and uh, they compete. It'll include more than 500 athletes from more than 50 countries. All players have experienced homelessness within the past three years or they're defined as refugees. Our mission is to fight poverty through soccer. Refugees. Well, refugees, those sound like ringers. Young guys from uh, Central or South America, they probably grew up playing soccer. Okay. So well, I, I be, these will be a bunch of countries coming here. It's going to be just like the World Cup, except 
Sacramento will host it, and it's the Homeless World Cup. This has apparently gone on a few times. They're homeless in America, or they're homeless in their home countries? Their home countries. Eh, The whole thing's kind of stupid. The last tournament was held in Wales in 2019. There's homeless people in Wales? (laughs) I guess. That's tough weather. I don't know. Previous tournaments have been in Copenhagen, South Africa, Australia, and they did one under the Eiffel Tower in Paris. And drew some spectators. People identify themselves based on not having a place to live, and now there are sports and tournaments organized around that? Well, I guess because they're formerly homeless, they're saying, I made it, and now I play soccer to send my message to others that you can make it too. No? Uh, Isn't that something you just wouldn't even tell anybody? Uh, Yeah, but there are some people that believe it's become, like some former alcoholics try to help current alcoholics and admit that they were in bad shape and they're trying to... Yeah, they I know, it's but part it's, of their... it's different between getting off an addiction, which is a physiological problem, and like getting a job. I mean, <laughs> going to work. I mean, a hundred percent of homelessness is 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 connected to not working. If you work, it's almost impossible not to have a home. No, I mean, even if it's a you know a single room, that's what it is. It's people who don't go to work; they do something else other than work. Almost every case. Now, there may be reasons, but still. If you decide, you know, once you're of age, I'm just going to go to work every day. You'll always be in a home. All right, here is the Biden audio. He was greeting a 102-year-old World War II veteran by the name of Ray Fermani. That's key because Fermani sounds Italian. Mm -hmm. I, I know he's done this before where he starts talking about his wife's family or something uh here we go i may be irish but i'm not stupid i married dominic giacoppa's daughter so you know i got a little italian in me now you know the uh but it's remarkable right flew 25 b-17 bombing runs during world war ii and i might add won the distinguished flying cross Ray, you were part of the, uh, was referred to as the greatest generation. But there's no generation in American history more than this present and recently past generation that have been deployed more, <laughs> have Sounds tired. given more than the generation represented by what? the people we're going to be looking at and honoring today. I don't know what that was. <laughs> As journalists have pointed out before, it was not Jill Biden's father who was Dominic Giacoppa. It was her grandfather, but it right. still says father. Right. He's been doing this for years. So and once the story's in his head, it ain't going to change. Right. But well, what, what was that gibbering at the end of the... Uh... I don't know. That's what people said. They couldn't figure out what he was carrying on about. <laughs> and he, he's mumbling. You can barely make out the words. This is what happens it's, when he starts to search the brain for where he's going and he can't, so he kind of mutters. This way, you know, maybe you won't figure it out that I completely screwed up. I might have said something that you just didn't understand because I garbled it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did the same thing on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, the Irish Making joke. the Irish joke about being stupid, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, people don't like that. Um, 
And apparently, oh, yeah, he did. It was the same speech. He made up uh, a Purple Heart for his uncle, Frank Biden, who fought in World War II. <laughs> he made up a Purple Heart. He did, yes. He claimed that his uncle, Frank Biden, won the Purple Heart for his actions during the Battle of the Bulge, but there's no evidence of the award. And this is my favorite. Key details of the story are chronologically impossible. Aren't they always? Because the story was my dad, when I got elected vice president, he said, Joey, Uncle Frank fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He was not feeling very well now because of the Battle of the Bulge, but he won a Purple Heart. And he never received it, never got it. Do you think you could do something? You could get it? We could surprise him. So I got him the Purple Heart. He'd won it in the Battle of the Bulge. And I remember he came over to the house and, oh, and he came out. He's claiming he personally got his uncle the Purple Heart. Yeah. Through his but, influence. But Biden's father, Joseph Biden Sr., died in September 2002, more than six years before Joe became vice president. And Frank Biden, Joe Sr.'s brother, died in 1999. So that's why it seems chronologically Impossible. unlikely that this could have happened. Right. Plus, there would be a record. Because he says, my dad, when I got elected vice president, came up to me and said, can we do something for Uncle Frank and get him the Purple Heart but, that he But wanted. dad was gone and Uncle Frank was gone. Yes. In so, 2008, they were both gone. What do you think this is? Well, when he turns and shakes hands and nobody's there, do you yeah. think he's seeing people what, like old relatives who Ghosts. are already dead? Yeah. And maybe that's his Uncle Frank. And he thinks oh. he's he's given Uncle Frank the Purple Heart that doesn't exist. I. It's like an imaginary world, isn't it? It is. What's amazing is he will not stop with these stories. I don't think there's anybody I, that approaches him and tells him maybe about to stop telling that story because it seems I like the press I, is finding out it can't be real. Because I don't think he can. I, I don't think he's there anymore. And there's nothing the staff can do. I mean, they... They'd 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 have to ha they'd have to remove him from office, you know, invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment. That's what they'd have to do if they wanted to make a big deal about it. I was going to say you can't invoke the Twenty Fifth Amendment because he's telling old stories. No, but improperly. if he was mentally incapacitated, I see. I think if a majority of the cabinet votes that he's mentally incapacitated, you could at least temporarily remove him. But then right. you end up with Kamala Harris. We'll finish up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Okay, of course, a couple of breaking stories this afternoon. The uh, U.S. Supreme Court uh, Chief Justice John Roberts has put a stop on the stop. That's Title 42. It was supposed to expire in a couple of days on Wednesday, which would lead to a huge flood at the border. Not that that's not already happening. Uh, he's decided that, no, it's not going to end on Wednesday unless something changes significantly in about the next 24 hours in terms of Homeland Security responding. And uh, otherwise, this may end up with the full Supreme Court. So it's a temporary hold on the end of Title 42. And the Weinstein jury did come back, although we're getting word that they're not completely done with their deliberations, but uh, they only delivered guilty verdicts concerning one of the accusers, one of the Jane Doe's, Jane Doe number one. It's rape and other sex assault charges, so it'll so the other result in significant time for Weinstein. They're not done with the other three women yet? They're, they're hung up, but they're not quitting? I don't know. We've heard something about the term enhancements, but we don't know what that means. So we'll have to stand by and see what happens with the case tomorrow. Uh, I just don't think they're released yet is probably the way I would go with that answer. But the specifics, we have a source, but we can't say who it is or what it is. But uh, <laughs> that's what they're telling us, that there's something they still have to do. And it might concern 
enhancements. But I see. Now, if they only found him guilty. Oh, on... here, here's something. Tomorrow, oh. the jurors will return to deliberate on whether the judge should include unspecified aggravating factors when deciding mm. his punishment. His punishment. He I faces see. six years in prison on each of the counts, but that would rise to eight years if the jury decides the aggra- aggravating factors should be considered. Well, this, there you go. Those are the enhancements. This so. is uh, according to the El Segundo Times. Okay. So that's what they, they have to still do tomorrow. He won't but, be sentenced until uh, January. Uh, apparently, uh, so, some people on the jury didn't believe uh, Jennifer Newsom's story or didn't believe it enough to convict him. Now, the horrible criminal justice system isn't just limited, obviously, to California and L.A. New York City had quite a story today. Actor Robert De Niro's townhouse was broken into by a repeat offender, a woman. Shanice Avalos apparently broke into his rented New York City townhouse and went through his things. De Niro was home Mm. and his daughter were both sleeping in the townhouse when this woman broke in. She's accused of trying to get into a bunch of commercial properties on the Upper East Side of Manhattan, but eventually settled on his townhouse at 2.45 a.m. this morning. She was spotted descending the exterior stairs into the home. Police apparently were in the area. That's how they nabbed her so quickly. She broke in through a basement entrance, which had visible signs of forced entry. Does she uh, spit around uh, on the no-bail system in New York City? Yeah, it says yeah. here that she has been picked up on robbery charges, burglary charges before. Right. Uh, she had, according to reports, she has more than two dozen priors, <laughs> with the majority well, being for alleged burglaries. In New York, there's no bail. Yeah, that's why so, you have to use the term alleged because they kick a lot of these. Yeah. So, and and he's a big progressive. I mean, he was uh, going on uh, television and yelling "f Trump" all the time. He was. Remember, I don't know so, how he is on crime, but I would imagine it's probably he, consistent with that. He deserves this. People have been 16 pushed. arrests this year for petty larceny there and burglary, this woman. 16? I realize the year is now almost done, but that's still more than one a month. You know, people who vote for these uh, progressive politicians and the progressive district attorneys deserve everything they get out of this. She apparently it, was trying to steal Christmas presents. They're already under the tree on the 19th. Well... <laughs> Santa came early. Be, I don't know. Does he still make movies? She was trying to use his iPad. That's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, does he still make movies? I think so. He made some of these comedy grandpa movies that he's done. I, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm... De Niro, Pacino, they can never quit. They just keep showing up in movies. Well, what it else are you going like to do? That. Well, I don't know. I Read a book? Travel? <laughs> see the world? Visit your family? Oh, maybe that's not a good idea. Uh, she smiled for her booking photo. Probably so, aware that I'll be out soon. Hi. Yeah. I mean, she's another crazy person. This is compulsive. Every day she's going out and stealing stuff. Sometimes they catch her. Sometimes they don't. But there's never any con- any real consequences. Oh, there's a Nothing picture here. They're, they're, you know, they've got her in the cuffs and they're walking her into the two police officers. And she's smiling with her head bent yeah. looking at the camera. Hi. Well, when, very you've, when you've been nailed 16 times and you're still free. Yeah. The, 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 what this, me worry. This is another farce. Everything's a joke now. Everything is just performance theater. Well, people don't want consequences for crimes. Then well, that's what happens. That's why, that's why those people deserve to have their stuff stolen.
Yeah. Well. In fact, I wish there was a way that these these uh, these thieves and and robbers could would only steal stuff from people who vote for these policies. Oh, like people who vote for Gascon, there could be something on the door. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, Gascon. For, a little check mark voted for Gascon. So go ahead. <laughs> The Gascon voters ought to be identified, have a special <laughs> sticker, so then you know, then the burglars will know that they uh, that their presence will be welcome here. That would be great. That, the, occupant, that the, country. the occupant is not going to want to press charges. They're going to want to give you a second chance. <laughs> or in the case of this woman, 16 uh, chances. Is he on the, is he on the, uh, oh, Thompson's uh, on some yeah. mysterious line. Listen, I love listening to the rant, though. I'm kind yeah. of enjoying it. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah. You vote for yeah, these well, policies? I mean, I think it's 17, I think uh, that's the one they put you behind bars. So she's oh, just is that right? skating. Yeah, <laughs> 16, you're okay. Uh, no, of course, uh, you know, I was all for the recall up north, and now I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm a tough law and order guy. I mean, I don't know if I extend my, you know, but I'm probably a, li- I'm a tree hugger, as you know, John. Sure. So, and can't be aware <laughs> no, of that. You, so you hug a lot of things. I do. <laughs> A lot of wow. things need hugging, John. Uh, tree, okay. um, Trees among okay. them. Yeah. Uh, Steve Gregory is going to join us off the top. Conway not here tonight. Of course, he's off for the holidays. So we'll talk about the fate of P-22. They euthanized that uh, mountain lion because of severe injuries. So yeah. You cried too, right? Did you cry? Uh, I was close to it, uh, Ken. You can mock me, but I was uh, choked <laughs> up. You know. Wow. Uh, okay. Once again, another... <laughs> Uh, innocent creature uh, falls. I walk in your hand. chihuahua past him. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the mayor with the Inside Safe program. I know you guys are big fans. So, uh, oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Karen Garcetti. <laughs> 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 the, Weinstein, uh, the Weinstein. Um, uh, is it Harvey Weinstein or Weinstein? It's Harvey Weinstein. It's Steen. It's Steen. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I actually uh, my podcast, which I kind of dry docked when I got the radio show and everything. I was the one called the edge the my my co-host or major contributor was j elvis weinstein he was the original voice of of, of servo on mystery science theater and everything so he's, he's done a lot in uh, television but when the harvey weinstein thing came down it was like his worst day because weinstein and weinstein he always says no no, no i'm weinstein not weinstein, <laughs> weinstein. yeah yeah <laughs> so for weinsteins everywhere i'm sorry of, and for weinsteins everywhere uh, for that matter yeah you don't want uh, your name about uh, harvey associated yeah. with this monster yeah anyway a lot to a lot to do uh right. tim cates is dropping in we're gonna talk sports as well so it's a big show boys let's all unpack right. it all, all right, right. all we'll right take, you bring it on thompson in for conway tonight mike crozier has the news KFI, KOST HD2, Los Angeles, Orange County, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.